The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Adam Leventhal and today we're asking, is Chelsea's season over? Winning the Champions League was the last dream, or if you're being unkind, you'd call it the last delusion that Todd Bowley and Badadeg Bali had of salvaging something from this miserable, chaotic first year of their ownership. Can Bayern Munich come up with an almighty shock against Manchester City? Maybe, maybe the minor miracle can happen. I don't think, realistically, you can assume that will happen, but the game is yet to be played. And what does Manchester United's share price drop mean for any possible takeover? Just because the market, the share price is starting to think, oh my God, they might hold on. Don't lose all hope. There is still a good Qatari bid and a good British bid there. This is the briefing shot from The Athletic. Full-time whistle and Real Madrid are into the semi-finals of the Champions League again. But Frank Lampard still hasn't won. Chelsea have lost four in a row for the first time since 1993. They're out of the Champions League. So Chelsea's poor season reached new lows on Tuesday night after being eliminated from the Champions League by holders Real Madrid. Despite spending more than £500 million on new players in less than 11 months since Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital took charge, the Blues are now set to miss out on European qualification for next season. Added to that, Frank Lampard has become the first manager in the club's history to lose his first four games in charge in his second spell on the sidelines after succeeding Graham Potter. Here to discuss the 2-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge, a 4-0 loss on aggregate to Real Madrid, it's the Athletics' Chelsea writer Liam Toomey. Thanks very much, Liam. What is left now for Chelsea's season? What can they possibly achieve? To put it bluntly, nothing. Winning the Champions League was the last dream, or if you're being unkind, you'd call it the last delusion that Todd Bowley and Badadeg Bali had of salvaging something from this miserable, chaotic first year of their ownership. And now all Chelsea have left is seven meaningless Premier League matches, the only motivation for which can probably be um, not finishing nearer the relegation zone than mid-table. And there is a lot more on The Athletic regarding Chelsea's search for their next manager. But let's concentrate on the pitch. How far do you think they are off the elite right now? That's quite hard to quantify because I think on one level, over these two games, Real Madrid really showed what a gulf there is between where they are collectively and where Chelsea are collectively. They are pretty much everything that this Chelsea team are not. Unflappable defensively, really coordinated and precise in the middle of the pitch and utterly ruthless up front. Um, But what Chelsea do have is a lot of talent. In some ways, I think this squad is the most expensive blank slate in European football. They could really be anything because I think there is actually a lot to work with at Chelsea. And a lot of these players currently look a lot worse than they actually are. And Liam, in terms of Real Madrid, as we mentioned, they're the reigning champions. They beat Manchester City in the semi-final last season. A repeat of that tie now looks likely. How much better do you think that Real Madrid will need to be to beat Manchester City this year? Well, Real Madrid, I think, will need to step up considerably from what they showed against Chelsea in both ties, based on what we've seen from 
from City recently in the Premier League and in particular the way they just picked apart a very good Bayern Munich side in the first leg of their quarterfinal. But what we've seen from Real Madrid in recent years is that they seem to adjust their level to the quality of the opponent they're playing. I think there was a sense that they weren't too worried about Chelsea. I don't think there will be that problem against Manchester City. I think they will have what's known as appropriate fear and you will see the very best of Vinicius, Benzema, Modric um, for, for, for more sustained spells. And, and if last year's anything to go by, we know beyond a doubt that this Real Madrid group knows probably better than any other team in Europe what to do in the big moments to, to shift the momentum of a Champions League match. In Tuesday night's other Champions League quarterfinal tie, AC Milan saw off Serie A league leaders Napoli 2-1 on aggregate after a 1-1 draw. They make it through to the last four of the Champions League for the first time in 16 years. Rafael Leao with a sensational run through the Napoli defence to set up former Arsenal and Chelsea striker Olivier Giroud before Victor Osimhen scored a late equaliser for the home side. The Athletics Italian reporter James Horncastle explains the significance of AC Milan's win along with the possibility of them setting up a first all-Milan semi-final since 2003. What a night here in Naples for AC Milan. You know, Napoli played very well again in this game without getting what they deserved. And in the end, they only scored one goal. That was a stoppage time goal in the second leg from Victor Osimhen, who came back from injury. But of course, it was the Leao show because when you come up against this much pressure, you need someone who can relieve that pressure. In this game, he won a penalty, which Giroud uh, could not convert. And then he went on this incredible run, seizing on Ndombele's uh, inability to trap a ball, got up the other end of the pitch and just put it on a silver platter for Olivier Giroud to score another big goal. What a run this is. Taking on Romani, gets past him as well, and Giroud puts Milan ahead. He takes that one, but that was all the work of Raphael Leal. A wonderful, wonderful solo run, a tap-in for Giroud, and Milan go two up in the tie. Uh, and then it was all about this Milan team riding out a storm, being super gutsy, Mike Mignan saving a penalty. I mean, Mignan was as important as Leal in both legs. I mean, big save against Di Lorenzo late in the uh, San Siro a week ago and then the penalty save on Cavalazzo I mean, all the Milan players rushed to celebrate with him at full time. And so here we go. Uh, we have the prospect of a, a Milan derby in the semi-finals, unless, of course, Benfica pull a massive shock and come back from 2-0 down uh, at the Giuseppe Miazza later this evening. In tonight's other Champions League tie, Bayern Munich take on Manchester City in their quarter-final second leg. City lead 3-0 from the first leg in Manchester, though much of the attention after the game was taken by Bayern Munich's Sadio Mane. The former Liverpool forward who left the Premier League, you'll remember last summer, was involved in an altercation with teammate Leroy Sané post-match, leading to him being suspended by the Bundesliga side. Here to look ahead to tonight's meeting at the Allianz Arena, we have the Athletics German football writer Raphael Honigstein. Rafa, do Bayern genuinely believe they can progress after what happened last week? Well, Adam, I think Thomas Tuchel put it very well when he said, we are realists, but we also have belief. 
Uh, we need to win the two halves and then see where we are. There's no point talking about a 3-0 or 4-0 win or 4-1. We just have to play the game and win and then see if that's enough. They'll hope that uh, the little things that didn't go for them in the first leg this time will work out better. And then maybe, maybe the minor miracle can happen. I don't think realistically you can assume that will happen, but the game is yet to be played. And what about this Sadio Mane situation? Is he going to play after last week's altercation with Sane, do we think? And what's been said about his future at Bayern? I'm not sure Sadio Mane will play. I think we might see him come on. But the feeling in Munich is that Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting is likely to start. And that, of course, limits the possibilities for those behind him. If you ask me today, I don't think we'll see him start. But we might see him come in and hopefully with a big impact. Um, Tuchel was asked about the whole Mane Sane drama and basically said this is, is over. Um, Pep Guardiola was very kind when he said he's expecting a reaction, but that reaction didn't happen in the Hoffenheim game. Will it happen for Mane against Man City? It'd certainly be good timing, but I'm not sure that Bayern, with everything they've seen from Mane this season, are banking on that. Now, since November, Manchester United's owners, the Glazer family, have been exploring strategic alternatives to their ownership, including being open to the possibility of selling the club. Having taken charge in 2005, the American owners have endured a poor relationship with the club's supporters, so news of a possible sale was greeted with much enthusiasm. Yet, with the process having already taken over five months, Manchester United's share price has dropped as expectation grows that the Glazers could actually retain their ownership. Joining us to explain is The Athletic's senior football news reporter, Matt Slater. Matt, so where do we stand then with the potential sale? Yeah, it started in November, just to cast your minds back to the uh, the announcement that came out of the blue, that Manchester United, that the Glazers, were considering strategic alternatives, which include a full sale, a partial sale, borrowing more money, and as part of this process they were going to think about things like redeveloping old trafford so what we're up to now if we go forward five months we had a first round of bids in february when it emerged that a qatari bid led by a guy called sheikh jazim and sir jim ratcliffe the british billionaire the man who founded ineos the big petrochemicals conglomerate uh, and we have four five maybe half a dozen uh, U.S. private equity firms who are willing to take minority stakes or willing to lend people money to buy the club or even willing to lend the Glazers money to retain the club. Then they were asked to go away and uh, come up with more money. And that was uh, that was late March. And here we are at the third round of bids. So uh, they've all been asked to go away, come back with a, basically just a better offer. And that's where we're at. We're all waiting next Friday, April 28th. Okay, so you mentioned the possibility of a full sale or even a partial sale by the Glazers. What are the pros and cons of a partial sale then? Look, Manchester United fans don't like the Glazers. Uh, I don't know if I'm breaking any major news there. So that's why I even got very excited when this, this news emerged in November. We could see that in the share price because in 2012, the Glazers, they floated 
some of the shares on the New York Stock Exchange. And ever since, really, that's been quite a good indication of how investors feel. And the share price hasn't really gone much further than the $14 it launched at. And then, okay, so we get the announcement, huge jump up to $21, so 55, 60% jump. And it's kind of stayed there. And at times it spiked up when it looked in February like Team Qatar was going to get this done. That caused the share price to go up to $27. And then it dipped again. This is the, I guess this is the new news that this week off the back of, I think people putting two and two together, the fact that no one has hit the Glazers number. There's two things we've always known. One, that Joel and Avram, the co-chairman, there are six Glazer siblings, don't really want to sell. The other four do. And the second thing is that the fact that the Glazers might hold on was in the initial November statement. In fact, it was the first of the options they mentioned. We may just take a minority stake. So it's always been there. Just because the market, the share price is starting to think, oh my God, they might hold on. Don't lose all hope. There is still a good Qatari bid and a good British bid there. And we wait. We wait for, for some real news as opposed to the share price, which is at the end of the day, informed guesswork. You're listening to The Briefing Show from The Athletic. It's another Champions League night tonight. So head to BT Sport in the UK for Bayern Munich against Manchester City and Inter against Benfica. That's Paramount Plus if you're in the US. And if you don't fancy that, there's WSL action with Manchester United taking on Arsenal on the BBC in the UK or a host of championship games like Michael Carrick's playoff chasing Middlesbrough against Hull on Sky Sports or ESPN in the States. Okay, that's all from us. If you are not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS. It stands for The Briefing Show, and it is $1.99 a month for your first year. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, and if you could drop us a review, that would be wonderful as well. I'm Adam Leventhal, your producer was Guy Clark, and The Briefing Show will be back tomorrow. The Athletic.